Ever wish that you could time travel? Well, with WMNF, you can. To listen back to your favorite shows, just go to WMNF.org or the WMNF app. Click on the broadcast schedule under programming and boom, time travel. Go to any show to hear the latest and greatest at any time. It's like DVR, but for your radio, where music, news, and culture collide. WMNF.org and the WMNF app. Good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome to another edition of 
the Sunday Forum right here on WMNF 88.5 Tampa, Sarasota, St. Pete. This is your host, Walter L. Smith II, the voice of the Tampa Bay area, along with main man, Mabili. What's up, man? Good morning. Not too much. Good morning, everybody. All right, brother. Good morning, everybody. How you doing, brother? Pretty good. Did you get good sleep, Mabili? Finally, finally. Yes. <laughs> you missed my bus tour, Mobili. Yes, I did, man. Yeah, man, you need it, brother. You need it. It's all good. It's yeah. all good. Uh, did you dream well, brother? Yeah, I did. I did mean, you dream of liberation? After I turned the radio off. <laughs> <laughs> did the television off. I know, right? And the phone off. Yeah, I dream, I had pretty good dreams then. I think there are <laughs> studies about that that say that you have... Uh, you, you sleep better. I, I don't. I don't know. If that's necessarily true, but they say that that you have to turn off all your like um, uh, gadgets, yeah, gadgets and things like that in order for you to have a a good night's sleep. Yeah, it's that blue light thing right. that's inside the gadgets that can disrupt your sleep. Mm-hmm. Is it? Mm-hmm. Huh? Huh? Yeah. Okay. Huh? Remember that? I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> that that says a lot. This is like, <laughs> yeah, man. Hey, listen, glad to have you here with us this morning here on the Sunday Forum. And uh, we're going to open up the lines 813 239 9663. 813 239 9663. We're going to be online on Facebook on the Walter Smith the second page. Uh, and we're going to try to share it over to the Sunday Forum page. But for now, um, just stick with the Walter Smith the second page for now. Um, but hey, listen, man. Uh, we have a great show today, great show, because we're going to talk about human rights. All right. We're, we're going to open this thing up and talk about human rights. Uh, there's a lot going on today, and, and, not, and not just today, the entire month has been absolutely insane. It, and, and not just because of what's happening in Israel, right? We've already touched that. But like I said, I'm not going to give... Um, it, that much power to that right now, right? Because there's something that needs to be worked out there. There's something seriously, serious, serious, serious that needs to be worked out in terms of the human rights thing, right? There's so many war crimes. Oh, my God. So many war crimes that have been committed in the course of this entire uh, conflict. It's incredible. So... um I want to make sure I bring it home and we start looking at what's happening here because there are a lot of things that are happening right here in the Western Hemisphere and domestically that we need to take a look at, right? So one of the things I want to look at is uh, what happened in Haiti. I think I think people try to play that down. They try to play it down. There's not enough coverage of it. Uh, I don't like the fact that there's not enough coverage of it. And here on the Sunday Forum, we usually make certain that we cover things like that, the things that you probably don't hear about. Like, we cover things like what happens in Tanzania, what happens in Zambia, what happens anywhere in the world, especially on the continent of Africa. And we bring it home for you to decide what side of that you stand on and to try to come up with logical uh, discussions about it, right? But I think that what we're seeing in Dominican Republic and Haiti on that island is has been illogical for quite some time. There's nothing logical about it, right? I mean, 
Okay. So you look at the history of the entire thing, and I'm not going to go through the entire history. Right <laughs> I mean, that, that would take a minute. But, I mean, in a nutshell, you're talking about two countries that share an island. Okay? They share an island. And there's been a longstanding dispute over borders, longstanding dispute over people being able to cross over the border, primarily, primarily, Haitians crossing over into the Dominican Republic, okay? Uh, there have been whole-scale massacres, literally, regarding that. The most famous, of course, was under President uh, Trujillo, Rafael Trujillo, um, dealing with the uh, what they call the Parsley Massacre, right? And it troubles me that this time around, the Dominican Republic felt comfortable enough to cross over the Haitian border, arms drawn, helicopters in the air for a standoff against the Haitian army. I, for what? For what exactly? Because people, people crossed over on the same damn island? Really? That's what we're doing? That's what we're doing now. I mean, and they've been doing this for quite some time. I mean, and they, I mean, they've done things like they beat these people and they hang them. They machete, you know, they, they, they do uh, machete hunts if, if is what has been described to me uh, before, right? They, I mean, unbelievable type of things happen. And we seem to turn a blind eye to it. it somehow, Dominican Republic, it, this is the way I see it, okay? Somehow, Dominican Republic continues on this same, on this historical perspective, which is wrong, absolutely wrong, that they're not black. They're black. You black. You black. You black. You black. Blackity black, black, black. Dominicans, you're black. Stop. Stop with that. You're a black nation. Okay? Haiti is a black nation. What are y'all doing? What are we doing here? These are the things that happen when, when you have been colonized, right? This is the type of stuff that happens when you've been colonized. And notice, lately, these shows that we've been doing have dropped back to show you the effects of colonization, whether it's domestic or whether it's international. This is, this is bad, man. This is really bad perspective yeah and i mean you know is usually you can go look for the money to find out what's behind it and we know that these border closures were sparked by an ongoing dispute over construction of a canal into haitian territory targeting water from a river that runs along that border so that sounds like a resource fight just the latest in a, a fight between these two countries who share this border. Um, and, yeah, there's this need to see Haitians as inferior, uh, given that they are the, 
considered the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. You feel like you can run roughshod over them. And so one can only hope that the the government over in Dominican Republic and uh, that uh, president of the, you know, Alvarez, what is his name, is not going to continue to have the this uh, contentious relationship going. So hopefully, you know, they'll work it out because they apparently have decided to calm tensions as of late. This was a couple of days ago. So, you know, and we know that there's always, there was already a gang problem in Haiti, and I'm sure Dominican Republican is probably trying to use that as an excuse to close their borders, but we know that it's also about this this dispute over this uh, this infrastructure project. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of history, a historical baggage that does need to be worked out, but, you know, the international community is also weighing in when it comes to fighting the gang problem. And, you know, we know that Kenya is talking about sending uh, a force there, but they say they, they won't send the, they won't the police send them to fight. Training. That's right. right. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They need training and funding. Right. And funding. Right, right. But who's going to do it? Who's going to do it? Mm. Billions have been sent to the Middle East. Billions. So is the U.S. going to get involved in that? And I mean... The French... The U.S. doesn't That'll be want dirty if Marcon did that, bro. That'll be dirty. That'll yeah, be dirty because you know you know what that means, right? The tensions, the historical baggage there. Yeah. So yeah. you know, it would have to be done with Haitians in the forefront. Listen, you know, you do it. You're responding to what Haitians say they need. I don't know what they're what they're going to do about this. Um, my fear is that the French will find a way. <laughs> the French will find a way to get these folks to be indebted to them if they jump in. I, I you know, I kind of see that as a possibility. Do you? Yeah. I mean, it, I don't know. I just know that you know we have this long. They, the both countries, Haiti and Dominican Republic, have these. These work needs. They need yeah. the Haitians to come to the Dominican Republic to work. So they've had visas to go and work, but lately there have been visa bans. You know, mm-hmm. Haitians are not allowed into the Dominican Republic for work in education, tourism, medical issues, or any other purposes right now. Right. So does that sound familiar? You know? mm. So we know that the way people are needing, they come to your borders, the Lately, has been to close them down, close down the border, and shut them out, and uh, exploit them when you want them, but shut them out when they need you. Right, right. Very familiar, very familiar. Old tale. So um, we have a caller, but hold on, hold on. Call in eight one three two three nine nine six six three. We want to hear from you this morning. We are talking about human rights, um, an analysis of human rights issues, and. And the title of today is Human Rights, right up under your nose. Because we're looking at things that are happening right here, right? And we are going to take a look at that because yesterday we had the toxic bus tour. Five, the fifth toxic bus tour took place yesterday. And there was talk of human rights violations. Human rights violations by our own 
energy company, right? Can you see that? Is the question I'm putting out there. Can you see a possibility where there would be human rights violations regarding our energy company? Want to hear it? Want to hear from you? 813-239-9663. All right, so um, let's talk some more about this thing, man. Um, where do we see this going, Mabili, in terms of this thing in, in Haiti? Uh, like it's a, it's a long simmering tension, so I can only hope that the people will continue to keep the talks open and uh, continue to talk to the Haitians about the political needs, their work needs, uh, and like I said, the president, what is his name, Louis Abinader, the Dominican president, yeah, uh, he partially reopened the borders last month, but like I said, the visa ban remains in place, and so they're at a stalemate right now. I can only hope that, like I said, they continue to talk and recognize the Haitians' needs, and uh, that way, that's the way you solve the problem inside the country of Haiti. You don't just try to ignore them, block them, and hope that the problem resolves itself. You know, the you, you Dominicans know they have exploited Haitian workers for years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when you, they need you the most, you don't just, you don't shut down the borders over some kind of a, a canal project. That is, you know, encroaching on Haitian territory. They have a right to raise concerns about that and at the very least get some jobs in the process. So that's how you resolve the problem. You know, recently, the Dominican president, and his name is Abinadar, um, Luis Rodolfo Abinadar Corona, was actually uh, recently, I watched him on a... Um, a discussion in a discussion. I forget what university it was, but a Dominican student confronted him about his policies, Haitian policies, right, and the policy regarding the border. And she outright, she basically called him a liar. She so I don't know if she can go back home, but. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if she can go back to the grill, man. But uh, nevertheless. A liar is a political term. Yo, <laughs> he said, listen, I'm not going to. He said, what's your name? <laughs> you know, she didn't give it. But but uh, <laughs> she was like, no, man, I mean, you, you're lying. You're not telling the truth. And he was like, well, I'm not going to go back and forth. And she said, you don't need to. You're lying. <laughs> I mean, I was like, damn. You know, but what she was saying was that the policy regarding Haitians is not fair. It's absolutely not fair. And there, there is no need for them to create those policies. There are policies that could be, if, if they were, if, if Dominican Republic was a white nation, it would be, it would be considered to be racist policies, right? Um, but they're, white, they're not a white nation. They're not. But they maintain that same um, anti-Haitianismo, right? 
in order to in order to keep out the what they call historically called the Haitianization of the Dominican Republic. This is how they talk. This this is actually those words I just gave you are actual words. Haitianization. Haitianismo. Hmm. All right. Those are actual words. And they, you know, you hear that that type of language when you look at post-slavery discussions. Right? So whenever there's this this discussion about what happened post-slavery in Latin America, uh, or anywhere in the Caribbean for that matter, but especially in Latin America where they institutionalized, they had institutionalized whitening that was put into law or into place, into work in those countries, this type of thing happened. Under Trujillo, the there was constant talk of the that that um, pretty much brainwashed the nation, right, in the thinking that they were not black, that they were anything but that. So it's okay to say that you were Taino or Arawak. That's okay. <laughs> it's okay to say that you were European or Spanish, right? It's okay. But if you were to say that you were black, just outright say, listen, man, you know, it is what it is. You know, that's bad. That was really, really bad, right? And you're looked down upon, you're frowned upon. So that same mindset, I think, has carried over into what we're looking at now. And there is this this fierce, fierce battle to not to disassociate themselves from Haiti or from the blackness that exists in Haiti. There's no, I mean, you know, you don't see Haitians talking about something we ain't, we ain't black. You don't hear them say that, right? That's just not something they, they say, typically, right? Um, and I do believe that, that that certainly plays a role in what we're seeing right now in the, in the, in the whole human race because they treat them like they're subhuman. Dominicans treat Haitians like they're subhuman. Mm-hmm. They, they treat them like, like, um, like you historically see white people treat black people. Let me restate that. You see them like you see racist white people treat black people. That's what you see. <laughs> they kick them. They call them dogs. They do all. It's terrible what they do. And not everybody does it, but it's done enough that it's notable, right? And that it's a that there are human rights issues that follow behind it. Right? It's been brought to the attention of the world, and I believe it needs to be brought out on the world stage. I do, do believe it needs to be addressed on the world stage. Perspective? Let's hear from the caller. Okay. Let's see if we get a caller on the line. You could also write us, DJ WNF.org. Go ahead, caller. You're on community on the Sunday Man, form. this is something I used to write about, man. Oh, Lord. What's up, Doc? Doc, how you doing? I'm all right. How you feeling, brother? I'm feeling all right. I'm hanging in. I can still break dance and moonwalk. And, oh, shit. So I can do that, too. But listen, uh, I, I, you, you started bringing this thing up by Haiti, man. Uh, just go to, I think, where you, it, it is about colorization. Cause it used to be one on the island of his, it used to be the other way around, the island of Hispaniola mm-hmm. and stuff. When Haiti got its independence, when Haiti broke from the French. <laughs> to give some brief 
they were all the way up the side of the wing. They were they had uh, gone all the way over into San Domingo and stuff, you know, and stuff. And so look around and fought for their freedom. They fought for their freedom. That that they fought for the freedom of those people across the entire island. It's 1844, just go to 1844, Dominican War of Independence. In other words, Haiti, it was actually, yeah, well, just read that, that whole thing, and you'll see that it's all about, in the, the French thing, you had the uh, the French white, you had the big colors. You remember that whole, that whole that whole series of events where you have the overture, and it was always a struggle between the, uh, the, the big whites, the, the colors were... People who were people yeah, the who were de color. of origin, the Jean yeah, de Color, and went, yes, and, right. And there was a lot of uh, uh, intermingling between, uh, let's say, the the French and, and who had gone to Paris and also if you were darker skin that you were considered a slave. You see, this same mindset existed in Cuba and 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 Panama and, and all these other islands stuff because that's what the European nations did to divide these these, 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 these folks. But Doc, let me, let, but here, here's a here's a, the here's the problem that I have with this whole thing. Yeah. And I think and and it is something that is prevalent right when you talk about black folks. Mm-hmm. Um when you talk about our diaspora and you there uh-huh. there's a, there is the need as one who's personally a pan Africanist. Mm-hmm. When you talk about the diaspora and you talk about um, the need to to empower ourselves internationally, it's it makes it very difficult to do when you have people who do the things that Dominicans do. Right. Well, that's a hard thing to do. Now, now, in all fairness, in all fairness, mm-hmm. um, I have seen where you have people from Dominican Republic who come, who have been here, and they've come to that realization that, oh, yeah, <laughs> I am black yeah, because, after all. So, right. <laughs> so... There, in, in that culture, I mean, you go to Dominican Republic, you know, these people, there, you're not... Like, for example, you go to Africa, you know, people are, you know, like, uh, they don't consider themselves black. They only become black mm-hmm. when you get in presence of... of, of in, in presence of Europeans, or better yet, you go to a place like a Czechoslovakia, or Hungary. You don't consider themselves a white. They never heard of this stuff, you know. Right, it's a nationalist. It's, they're they're they're, they're in tune to a nationalist concept. Exactly. Right. So that's what how racism are. But here's Doc, Here's what I wanted to to because I can get in that area, man. I mean, I, but here's what I wanted to do because yesterday was uh, uh, a Veterans Day. Yes. I mean, you've got to read this article. I, I finally put it, I had to put holding this one back for a year. It's called Remembrance Day, okay? It's called The Lynching of Active Duty Black American Soldiers During the Time of War for Willful Misconduct and Massacre. I want a lot of people. And so I wrote a letter to, uh, to uh, Secretary Lloyd Austin to uh, ask him about this unspeakable injustice of, of, of you had an army. There's a book called The Interpreter, okay? And it's uh, about a Frenchman's account of watching black soldiers being put to death or hung for what we call mis- willful misconduct in France and in Italy. And, well, in France primarily, but this thing happened in Belgium. It happened in Italy where black folks were executed 
and we were like 10% of the Army, yet about 95% of the executions in during World War II. Mm-hmm. And these people, and the thing about it, this was well advertised in the European, uh, in like the French paper, the Army advertised the executions quite widely in Europe and invited people and townspeople to watch these hangings. But the families themselves didn't find out about this for years. You know, Emmett Till's father was one of these guys who was lynched and, and hung. For, Is it? I, mean, I didn't know that. For misconduct. And, and, and Malcolm X. Jimmy for sure. Well, yeah, he's, well, yeah, yeah. So the point, the the thing that I wrote about here you need to, is that I asked the the Secretary of uh, of, of Defense, uh, Lloyd Austin, let's get a full accountable about these. He talks about the remembrance of veterans and these families needed to be uh, uh, we owe an outstanding debt to their families and stuff. But yet here were black folk being being mm-hmm. uh, that were being under a Jim Crow judicial system of justice that were being executed. And this French guy talks about and and a woman named Kaplan, her name is Mary Kaplan, wrote a book called the Alice Kaplan wrote a book called The Interpreter. And there's a audio in here about this this thing. And I and then years ago I have stumbled across this and stuff. But the importance is is that that's not all that happened. How many people have ever heard of the Worth 11? The Worth 11. The Worth 11 were a group of black soldiers that were, were part of doing the Battle of the Bulge that uh, were fighting in Belgium, okay? And they had gotten disconnected from their unit, but they had stopped the German, what we call Waffenpanzer First Division. Oh, yeah. And they, in turn, had stopped these guys. I mean, they stopped them cold, but they ran out of ammunition, and so they went to this town called It Worth, and the people, and they knocked on this door, and this guy's family took them in and fed them. And then somebody reported that there were these black soldiers there, and the Germans came in, captured, took them, took them out of the bill, and massacred, slaughtered them, like, whatever. And this was, they got graphic pictures of this stuff going on. And they knew the guys, the names, everything. And yet the United States government never acknowledged this until 2015. Read about this work, this, 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 the, the, what, what happened. And the guys who did this, I mean, these guys who, who did this, all of them were sentenced. They gave these crazy sentences, like they were sentenced to death or whatever. But then it was essentially what they did was that some of them got off. Some of them just went. It was like a lynching. A German style lynching, and if you know anything about uh, Germany at that time, Nazis they studied lynchings in uh, in this country, and they you know gouged these people's eyes out. There's videos on this stuff, man. So I wrote an article, and I asked the the the, the secretary of the of of the defense to take a look at it. This guy talk about these unspeakable injustices that took place for men serving. If you're going to talk about uh, and their families, because the families didn't know what had happened to these, to these, to, to these, to these in, individuals. And very people ever heard of the the worth eleven. But had it not been for these black soldiers that stood back and fought and stopped this Panther division from from moving forward, and, and I mean they stopped them cold. Thousands of Americans would have died. Uh, behind uh, in, in the, the, battle, in, of the, the battle in the battle of the ball, yeah. and so what I asked the and one of the things was and the reason I put this together because 
One of the things that was happening here, you see in this article, is that we talked about the fate of David Fagan. People don't know about him. Yes. He's the Tampa native during the 1800s that switched sides to the um, Philippines. Philippines. And and he's considered a Philippine hero. We got Philippine people treating move. I'll leave it alone. But anyway. Let me me just say this because we got to move on. Um, But let me just say I appreciate that. And everybody, please make sure that you check out yourwithinthenorms.com, yourwithinthenorms.com, and read about these things. uh, We appreciate your calls every single time. But um, but like I said, we got to move on. Um, But one of the things I I want to... uh, that you brought up is very, very important. Um, because if you were to make the analogy or equate what we're seeing, this can get very bad very quickly in the Dominican Republic. Very bad, very quickly. And what we don't want to see is the type of thing that we saw in um, that we saw in the uh, in 1930. I believe it was 1937. When they had the Parsley Massacre there in in Dominican Republic, mm-hmm. uh, on the border, um, the people that were living there were um, both Dominican and Haitian had been living there together, intermarrying and so forth for the longest. So a dialect was 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 established. Um, with that dialect, it was very difficult to pronounce the word Parsley um, in Spanish, right, as mm-hmm. opposed to how you would pronounce it in French. <laughs> And so, in Spanish, there's the rolling of the R that would have been that would have been required in order for you to pronounce parsley. The problem there was these people couldn't do it, and anybody that couldn't do it, they recognized as being Haitian, and they shot them dead. For people who don't know this, this actually happened. This actually happened. Thousands of people, in the double thousands, not just thousands, eight thousand or something like that. No, double thousands were massacred that day, and it's called the Parsley Massacre. If you don't know about it, please look it up and learn about it. What we don't want, you need to know human rights history. You need to know it, especially when it, when it pertains to us. When it pertains to black people, um, we, we somehow consider ourselves to be in a bubble. They, they equate human rights to things that happen internationally and not something that happens to us domestically, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's a mistake. That's a big mistake. And in the second half of the show, we're going to talk to you about that mistake, why it's so important for us to recognize that. Um, but here, you know, it's just this is so bad. I mean... And it looks like the Dominicans are building a wall, yeah. <laughs> between them. Yes. And it turns out some Haitians, well, the Haitians are complaining that this wall is sitting, uh, well, both sides are in Haitian territory. Right. So it's like you're trying to steal land at the same time. And uh, so I think human rights is going to be forefront of an issue here on, on that border. But, you know, the caller also mentioned Emmett Till's father. Yes, he was. He was lynched. He was in the military. He was a private in the military. He was stationed uh, overseas, I do believe, at the time he was accused of a rape. Him and his co-defendant, uh, another private named Fred McMurray, and uh, they were both uh, conv- uh, executed. And um, 
Nobody really hardly knows the story of his father, but yeah, that was an eerily end of his of Emmett Till's father's life because he was in the military and he was wrongly accused of rape and he was executed. And also talk about soldiers in the U.S. military and how human rights is a act, you know is an issue here as well. You know we hear a lot about Camp Lejeune, and if you spent any time in Camp Lejeune My between 1953, then you are supposed to you know you probably have access to a, a part of a class action lawsuit because you were drinking uh, contaminated water. But there was another camp of soldiers where predominantly black soldiers were stationed because it was segregated in 1940s. And uh, this was Munford Point. And these were two black units out there who were, one of them working with munitions, were ammunitions company. So there was a high casualty rate too. Uh, There was a depot company and they responded beyond the call of duty, oftentimes ended up getting hurt and, and not getting any, any, uh, accolades for the service that they put in. So, you know, when we, we hear a lot about Camp Lejeune, but we need to demand more information about Munford Point as well, where the black soldiers were working, especially during the segregated time. So, you know, there's a lot of human rights violations that have taken place inside the country and uh, in, this, in this hemisphere as we are watching between Haiti and Dominican Republic. Right, right. And murder, murder... Uh, mass murder, if you will, is not the only way the human rights violations are made. Again, so we're going to talk about in the second half, but murder is not the only way the human rights violations are are, are committed. We're watching human rights violations, you know, culturally, especially uh, on the continent of Africa as these evangelical churches have gone up there and just bastardized Africans in their laws. What? Unbelievable. Uh, and they've been doing this. They've been doing this for centuries. Yeah, they've been doing this for centuries. But it's like these these guys, and these are well known churches. These are well known churches and well known congregations that are going to. You know what we gotta do is show identifying these people. <laughs> we gotta expose them. Okay. We're gonna expose them. That's what we're gonna do. We're gonna expose you on this show. We're gonna talk about <laughs> you. We're gonna talk about you bad on the Sunday forum. <laughs> yes, we are. Yes, we are. So we got another call, but I want to point out the fact, have a little fun, uh, that uh, the brother, uh, General Lloyd Austin, is a member of Omega Psi Phi Fraternity Incorporated. As you know, um, this show is all about, uh, <laughs> it's partly about all things Omega. Yeah. So let's carry on. <laughs> now, now we had that Omega moment, we can carry on now. The, yes, the we can. Yes. <laughs> Go ahead, caller. You're on the Sunday Forum. Thank you for taking my call. All right. I'd like to point out a few things from history, okay? Yeah, we all know that the island of Hispaniola was, was settled by the Spaniards, and they, they, they conquered the natives. But what, what we should recognize that around 1700, Spain recognized that the French had the, had the, had the western half of the island, western third of the island. And, that, and then about 1800, 80, you know, in a grisly war, of a, uh, war managed to gain its independence. Okay. So now in 1820 or so, the Dominicans got their independence. But here's the kicker. Now, this explains maybe a lot of what's going on. As soon as the Dominicans gained independence, the Haitians came and conquered them. And it wasn't until 1844 before the Dominicans got their independence from Haiti. And over the next 72 years, 
there were several failed invasions by Haiti into the Dominican Republic. So I think we need to recognize this when we talk about the history between these two countries, that there's a lot of bad blood and, 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 and attempts at conquest by the Haitians of the Dominicans. Now, I'll say that, and let me say one other thing regarding doing anything with Haiti, okay? The problem with Haiti, and I think you know this, is the country is in chaos. They don't have a functioning police system. Their army is defunct. It's, it's chaos on, on, on the streets there. The gang's ruling. How can anybody help this country or even work with this country? Because it, it, I don't think the, it, their parliament's even meeting now, and I think their Supreme Court is, is, is in chaos, too. How do you... I mean, I, I, I seriously ask this question. If you really want to help Haiti in any way, how is anybody going to do it? Because uh, the whole international community has been asked to, to step in on Haiti, and most, most, most countries have, have declined. And now you, I think you have some countries from Africa which are moving in with military force into Haiti. But the country is in chaos. It, it's, how do you help Haiti? It's, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a problem to think about. That's, that's what I have to say. Mm, well, you know... Let me go back to the historical perspective um, that you gave, and thank you for that. Let me go back to the historical perspective that that you gave. There are those who, huh, it, it was not as is not as cut and dry as one would think with regard to the independence movements um, that took place, the independence wars. For instance, the uh, you had more than just the French. And the Spanish, you had the Dutch as well, the Dutch were, that were involved um, in trying to figure out how they were going to control the island. And, of course, the Spanish beat them out, um, and the French expelled some as well. Um, but what ended up happening in the end was uh, the there was some unjust things that were happening uh over on the other half, as you call it, the other half or a third of the island, and the Haitians went over and and, and freed. Watch this. They freed the people on that other side of the island from slavery. Okay. Um, I don't think that necessarily constitutes um, conquering. I don't think that, that constitutes conquering. Um, there were some, there were several, there were definitely disagreements on how the country was going to be run. And certainly uh, you had the, you had one, what is it, someone that called themselves the president of Haiti, and then another person mm -hmm. would call themselves the emperor of Haiti, mm -hmm. right? And they existed, they coexisted. And of course, one of them ends up being, ends up being uh, assassinated in a coup. And then they, they bring the whole island together. But, of course, there's another. There is a part, and admittedly, there is a part there um, regarding their independence where um, the concern was less about Haiti but still more about about the Spanish with regard to the Dominican Republic. So I'm not entirely, that, that there's a lot of, the history is very muddy, very muddy when it comes down to that. I would not necessarily say that Haiti went over and conquered Dominican Republic. Um, that's a very strong word. I would say that they did, they, they, it, it is a fact that they did go over and free those people on the other half of the island from, from, um, Span, from uh, French. Uh, Span, uh, French, I'm sorry, French rule, as well as those people who were 
uh, we, we had Spanish rule on the other side as well. Um, they freed them from Spanish slavery as well, or helped to free them from from Spanish slavery. So um, we didn't. We don't. We should, probably should watch that. How we use those those words, conquering, when we talk about the historiography and perspective of how the history is written or, or told. So, okay. Anyway, regardless of all that, um, we really, we we talk about we talk about the fears regarding human rights. One of the biggest fears I have, man, is that we'll see another Belgium, uh, another uh, uh, what's this guy, King Leopold situation. That would be horrible, absolutely horrible. You know. Can it happen? Well, I guess anything is possible, but I mean, with the eyes of the world watching, and especially when you have countries like China on the continent of Africa trying to to get uh, economic, you know, do some economic infrastructural programs, uh, people have been very uh, keen to watching China's behavior mm-hmm. on the continent of Africa, how the workers are treated and how the the country is treated basically in terms of these loans. A lot of people feel like the Chinese have loaned money to Africa, but because, you know, China China's economy is undergoing some stressors right now. It is calling in some of those loans from these very countries that are poor and they are were hoping to get you know, some help. China was hoping to get some pats on the back for helping them, <laughs> and now are calling in those loans. And those loans are, you know, just the interest alone is hard on those economies yeah. right now. Especially when you you haven't completed a lot of these projects that you started. And in fact, the United States have had to step in in one railway railway project that China started but can't finish. So. You know, what good is it until it's finished? You know what I'm saying? Is, so, Is this another IMF situation? Yeah. It, 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 you know, is it taking the place of the IMF? We've complained about right? the IMF, but yeah. The we, IMF being the National Monetary Fund, so... Right. Yeah. yeah. That gives loans, uh, constructed loans Mafioso-type. <laughs> right. International mafioso-type loans. Listen, don't come for me because I said mafioso. <laughs> okay? Don't do that. Uh... So yeah. the you know the caller was asking how do how are we going to ultimately help Haiti? Uh, you know, class always comes into play. You know, capitalism comes into play if you you know you have this ruling class in Haiti that is exploiting a lot of these gangs that is exploiting uh, the political situation for their own ends and. You know, the finances and all of that, they've always, we've always seen people mis, uh, misappropriate funding, misappropriate money, uh, and uh, exploit workers. And we've seen it happen throughout, across that island in the Dominican Republic historically. We've seen the West go in. We've seen, like, in the 19 in the early 19 uh, early 20th century in 1914 theft of Haitian money where Wall Street sent the Marines the U.S. Marines to go in and take that money yes so 
how do you help Haiti? Well, you stop, you stop exploiting it and you stop stealing from it. And then maybe it can get somewhere. Right. So, you know. Every time it seems like they're about to get a, a foothold somewhere and, they, they, and get stable on stable ground, it just. Yeah, it, it goes okay. asunder because you have players on the continent, you know, of one class and you have people in Miami of the same class who are constantly. Ripping them apart. Exactly. Ripping them apart every time. We got a call on the line and then we're going to hear some RJ's greatest arrival. Okay, go ahead, caller. You're on this Sunday forum. Doc, this is Annabilly Club, man. I'm I've returned because it's man, you're breaking the rules, Doc. You're breaking <laughs> the rules, man. A, a lot of mischief that went on there. Don't forget the United States involvement, and in you mentioned that very true, and that this was one of the richest islands uh, in 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 the French colony system, and the brutal brutality that took place there. And stuff, and you also got to include how the how the United States, the planters, have feared Haiti because these black folk rose up and were able to defeat Napoleon's brother Joseph. There's a whole lot of mischief and stuff that went on between that has gone on between there, and also I remember when I was a kid, the invasion of the Dominican Republic by the Americans were shooting Dominicans down like crazy and stuff. This is 1964, so. I remember mm-hmm. seeing this on television. And kids out there invaded. So there's a lot of mischief that went there on is. throughout there is quite the a entire bit. that has led to this, this this whole thing. This guy talking about Haiti there. You should see what the Americans did in the Dominican Republic. I remember that very specifically. Yeah, definitely, man, definitely. Hey, thanks, Doc. We appreciate you. Is that it? Yeah. The other person? We lost another person? That's right. We sure did. Uh, but, you know, he was, right. you know... Doc did raise, was raising some pretty good points. Yeah. Um, and, you know, something that I had really known, didn't really know about was the German immigrants' yeah. influence <laughs> on that island, yes. the island of Haiti. And uh, that is prob- probably what precipitated the United States getting involved, as I mentioned, that 1914, 1915 uh, theft. Uh, but they, the United States was a little worried because... The, the Germans were there. They were proven particularly adept circumventing Haitian legal prohibitions against foreign ownership of land by intermarrying with the local elites. <laughs> so, right. you know, the, uh, by 1915, the Germano-Haitian community, which numbered slightly above 200, controlled about 80% of commercial enterprises. As the United States got war drawn into World War One. The prominence of the Germano-Haitians aroused suspicion in Washington, so this is probably what led to a lot of the shenanigans that and went on. The Asians that we that we yeah that we took on time and time again. So anyway, anyway, right. let's hear it. We'll be what we got. The, uh, yeah, the music we got. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we got uh, RJ's latest arrival. Uh, let's see what's going on sure. with sure. them here on. The Sunday Forum as we get ready for National Public Radio's uh, news updates and uh, taking more of your telephone calls here on the Sunday Forum. Uh, and you can write us, dj at wmnf.org. Uh, talking about a lot of history here. Thanks to Walter. Thank you, Walter. And uh, Thank you, sir. 
we got to talk some more <laughs> on the other side. Call in 813-239-9663. You listen to the sounds of RJ's latest arrival right here. Shackles on my feet. Tell it, tell it. 